Welcome to Exploring Video Games. I'm Anna, and today is Thursday, January 13th, 2022, and this is episode 97. For this episode, I played Metro Redux. This came out in 2013, uh, and it's a first-person shooter action-adventure game. Uh, It was developed by 4A Games and published by Deep Silver for Windows, Xbox 360, and PlayStation 3, which is how I played it. Uh, And this is incredible. I loved it. Uh, So this is an enormous epic that's basically about these two men's friendship uh, and them coming together to protect their town. Uh, It's incredibly fun and funny and very male and gritty in a fun, light way. Uh, It's also very, like, accessible. It's, like, it's a game that's, like, made for everyone And it's like openly trying to entertain you and trying to be cool and to like appeal to normal people, which I thought was great. I also kind of think that separates it from some other like excellent artistic games. Um, I've already been playing this again um, and I can see this as a game that I just like pick up forever. Because it is, like, it seems like any point you're playing is just so fun. So I did finish it. Uh, It took me about 70 hours. um, And there's definitely more to explore in there. Uh, I love the length of the game. And you really come to feel like you, like, learn and, like, love the town and all the characters. So this is about estranged friends Joe Fantamo and Max Nodrich. Uh, They're from the tile-making town of Incove, Maryland, uh, where they were friends as children. Um, And now they are uniting to explore this hidden mystery of their town. Uh, Joe is a curmudgeonly weirdo who runs Books LLC, which is a failing bookstore, it seems like. And Max is a hard-drinking cad, an ex-private investigator who has returned to Incove from Baltimore uh, to research a story that he's writing involving Incove's cryptid, the murderous Old Moss. Uh, And both Joe and Max have all kinds of sad, involved personal problems going on as well. Uh, A lot of the exposition is given through Max's writings and voiceovers. Great voice. Uh, Max is done by Jermaine Rialdo, and Joe is voiced by Wade Paulo. Both were fantastic. Uh, I was beyond delighted when you first hear that voiceover from Max. Uh, It's about the, like, private detective's code or whatever, and he just has, like, a really strong Maryland accent. Uh, I was not expecting that, and that was a huge highlight for me from this game. Lots of great Maryland accents in this. Uh, I thought Rialdo especially did a really good job. And I'm in Philly, which is close to Maryland, so I was very, very excited to see that. I definitely play this game or watch, like, old John Waters movies to see some good Maryland accents. So it's a pretty simple game, like gameplay-wise, and it flows by so smoothly. You start as Max, and you're more or less just like intuitively following cues. Uh, You're coming from the city of Baltimore, going to Incove. 
you have a writing contract to do and you need to collect information and contacts and interviews and incove. Um, I loved that like coming home vibe. Uh, it really gets across like a very comfortable feeling of nostalgia. Um, this also takes place in the mid-1990s, um, which also contributed to the nostalgia for me. Um, lots of smoking indoors. Max is never not smoking, uh, which looks great. Also, all the phone stuff is just awesome. I think I've said this before, just not having cell phones just adds such a good layer to like any game, I think. So you get to Incove, there's lots of introductions, and you get to kind of wander around the town and get used to it. Uh, that's a little boring, um, but by the end of the game, I definitely like look back on that very fondly, and you come to be like familiar with all of it. Uh, the cutscenes at the beginning are a bit much, um, and all throughout the cutscenes are kind of like saccharine. Um, and I didn't like that at first, but by the end, or even, like, as the game went, like, the game won me over with the weird kind of cringy saccharine tone that it sometimes has. Um, yeah, I really came around to it. I thought that was great. So you get to Books LLC, you meet Joe, you get a little background on him and your relationship. Um, as soon as you're introduced to him, you can toggle between playing as either Max or Joe. Um, but like Evasive Space, you kind of like have to get stuff done in order to advance the plot as one character or the other. So you kind of have to go back and forth. Um, Max's stuff at the beginning is a little more interesting than Joe's. Uh, the bookshop stuff is slow. A little boring there. Um, I do really like how, like, money and rent and, like, operating the store properly just, like, is not important. Uh, they must have closed the store, like, five days of the week. Like, most of the days they just close the store and it's just not an issue. I, that was just, like, I don't know, I liked that fantastical element of it. Um, and yeah, Joe is also a writer, and he's writing several science fiction novels. He also collects a bunch of weird stuff as, and is involved with a variety of weird scenes. So at first, you two are looking into the old Moss cryptid stuff, going around collecting stories. Uh, that's all very fun and quick. Uh, really fantastic non-playable characters in all of this game. Um, like, all of Joe's friends and contacts are insane and very entertaining. Uh, and a lot of the townies are just memorable. Uh, the cross-stitching cross collective of, like, church women who, like, know all the weird specific gossip. Um, all the waitresses at the death bar. Um, all the people involved with that drive-in that Joe is friends with, they're like carny, carny people. Uh, it's great. It's, yeah, like everyone you interact with is a great character. So you have to get a certain amount of information about the old Moss legend. 
Um, then through a series of events uh, involving Joe's Rock Collectors Guild, you stumble upon this like radioactive mystery, uh, which uncovers the secret past nuclear history of Incove. Uh, the town turns out to be, like, based around this old secret government testing facility. Um, they did, like, biological and nuclear testing in the 50s and 60s, uh, and it was eventually shut down. Uh, starts getting a little paranoid once you get into this plot. Um, Joe is very conspiratorial. I really liked that. Uh, I love whenever he would, like, expound on his theories. Uh, I loved his neighborhood watch theory. I think that might be true. Uh, yeah, so the game gets kind of progressively more serious in tone as it goes, but it's always very quick and pretty quippy. Uh, everyone talks in like semi-film noir, kind of sing-song vague speak. Uh, I really liked that. It's definitely stupid in some areas, but it works well in my opinion. And it leads to, like, very memorable lines. Like, every other line is, like, very clever and cool, uh, which sounds bad, but um, I don't know. I thought it worked very well here. Like, Joe's constant reiterations of all of this being, like, mushrooms and a rainy forest. Um, well, whenever they talk about the, like, <laughs> sinister forces of good and coddling each other through love. That was great, very memorable. So you two discover this giant CAA facility, which is still largely there underneath the outskirts of the town. Uh, so you two research and explore it. Uh, the facility is called EM545, and it's also known as The Wife. Uh, that leads you on several road journeys to talk to military and science people. Uh, that segment was maybe a low light for me. Uh, it was very tedious and challenging uh, in a way that I thought was not super entertaining. Uh, what you uncover, though, is pretty cool. Basically, that project team ball was the main project of this facility basically doing all sorts of unethical war stuff genetically modified super soldiers uh mk ultra mind control stuff biological weapons um and the team of scientists who did this were like a bunch of insane cultists and libertines uh very like Thelema vibes from them. Uh, and they called themselves the Order of the Sacral Sun. Um, and it seems like they were responsible for creating this uh, legend of the old moss out of whole cloth to distract from the like poisons that they were unleashing into this town. Um, so after you research that, figure out that whole story, uh, Max and Joe break into the remnants of the wife. Uh, that was awesome. Really creepy in there. 
you have to deal with some wild animals. There's some like timed puzzle and race type missions in there. Uh, that whole structure is awesome. I thought it was beautiful. Uh, very like space agey, um, but kind of like weirdly comfy. Lots of like white and primary colors and like vast mechanical displays. Uh, really pretty. And I think that added to the creepiness of it. Uh, I really liked the like thick, disgusting dust on everything in there. Uh, and it has like perfect memory. So like any any dust you displace, like it'll remember where it is. You can make some drawings if you want. So yeah, you're following this mystery and documenting it for your book. Joe, part of the way through the game, is like now also writing a book about Old Moss. Um, so yeah, you think you've kind of figured it out. Um, basically government secret testing site shut down and the old moss cryptid was like invented as a distraction from all of that uh you find a bunch of stuff to corroborate that stories of blackmail um oh and the old moss cryptid uh is is like a sentient like christmas tree kind of thing with like human arms and it basically just killed a couple of dogs in the 80s is what people uh, in Incove say. Uh, there are a couple Incovians who know that the old moss story is made up. Dave and Sherry Hallander, they are great. Uh, and getting to the bottom of their story uh, was very satisfying. Uh, I loved them. They're so cute and so insane. Uh, their commitment to this weird story is just fantastic. So you kind of like think you figured all that out. Um, and then you come across this like display of mutilated animals in the woods, which leads you to discover this actual existing cryptid, the old moss. Uh, that does in fact live in the woods of Maryland and is possibly formed through the sex magic of the sacral sun. Uh, it's very unclear where, like when the actual old moss came up and how much, basically like how much subterfuge is involved with him. I was not sure. Um, I'm sure I'll kind of figure it out as I play it again. So you find that there's this actual cryptid um, and all of this is happening when Max's family stuff is kind of like coming to a head. So there's constant phone and lawyer stuff in the background while you two track this creature around the woods. Um, the creature is great. Uh, you don't see him much, which I thought worked very well. Um, and yeah, you just have to track down track him down and kill him is basically the last little bit of the game uh it's like a holographic kind of poisonous plant like arachnid um very creepy all of his movements kind of sounds like cracking dry branches um i also really like that joe and max just like they just instinctively go kill it 
to me, I was like, it seems kind of like gentle. And maybe I mean, it's only killing small animals. Like maybe it's just doing that out of necessity. Maybe you could like set up something where it could eat and then it wouldn't have to kill dogs or whatever. But they just go kill them, which I really liked. Uh, so the climax is you have to fight Old Moss. The big fight takes place in the Hipparids, which is that cool mountain range, uh, extremely atmospheric, gigantic brown cliffs for as far as you can see. Uh, and yeah, you basically have to figure out how to harness that like radio tower uh, to stun Old Moss and then trap it in that vault. Uh, and, figured, and there's a little puzzle involving that little mine, mine shaft or whatever. Um, that was a great fight. Uh, I thought the hybrids were beautiful. Uh, the shape-shifting from Old Moss was awesome. Uh, the teleportation stuff was very frustrating. Uh, it's a pretty intense fight, um, but it wasn't too, too hard. Um, I thought it was really entertaining, but I honestly could have used a little bit more from it, uh, like longer or harder or something. So yeah, you kill it. Um, there's a little cutscene of, you get to see the, some weird rite of the sacral, sacral sun. Uh, and then Max and Joe like walk into the sunset covered in like sap and blood and like loving lovingly making fun of each other. Uh, it's so sweet. That friendship is so touching. Uh, to me, that's the main takeaway is these characters and their friendship. Like they're both these like lonely, angry, middle-aged weirdos uh, and they're very like judgmental of one another. Uh, but yeah, they love each other. It's so sweet. Um, yeah. I'm just thinking of, like, Max, like, checking every payphone for Chain to the Bottom, or Joe's, like, endless string of bored, artsy women that he sees. Um, Elamina is my favorite. I think she's probably my favorite NPC of all. I think that she and Joe should get married to each other. So yeah, this is a very long game. It's extremely entertaining. Uh, it, it's it's like perfect. Uh, the two character thing was great to me. It was much better done than what they did with Evasive Space. Yeah, this is this is another realm of game. Incredibly propulsive. Keeps you like constantly intrigued, but is like easy enough to understand. Yeah, like I said, great characters. Please play it if you can. So for next episode, I am going to talk about the 2012 game Oil Rush. Um, I have not heard really anything about it. It kind of looks like a departure from what I'm used to. So I'm excited to see how that goes. You can reach me at exploringvideogames at AOL.com. The website is exploringvideogames.tumblr.com, which is where I upload the screenshots. Thanks so much for listening. I will see you next time.